submit a story, topic, or have any other inquiries, please email submit at skibanewsnation.com. Also, you can email Jeremiah Skiba personally at jeremiah at skibanewsnation.com. Also, email Jake personally at jake at skibanewsnation.com. If you want to write us a letter, send us something, help support us, or just say hi, please send your letter to Jeremiah Skiba, P.O. Box 560-271, The Colony, Texas 75056. If you write us a letter, I'll do my best to write you back. Hey, Skiba News Nation family, thank you for watching. Please like, share, subscribe, and click that notification bell so you never miss an episode of Skiba News Nation. If you want to help support us, please consider becoming a Patreon where you will get exclusive content, shoutouts, and much more. And you can also support our channel by getting yourself some new Skiba News Nation merch. Thank you for coming on this journey with us as we continue to stay on the quest for truth. Huge shout out to all our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for your support. We couldn't do this show without you. If you want to help support us, go to patreon.com forward slash Skiba News Nation. Also, you can listen to Skiba News Nation podcasts on your favorite podcast platform. I want to know what the truth is, and I hope that people, my son, anybody, if my name comes up, whether you like me, whether you agree with me or not, at least you can respect the fact that he's on a quest for truth. He's on a quest for truth. Welcome to Skiba News Nation. Bringing you unfiltered views, news, interviews, discussions, and more. And now, here's your host, Jeremiah Skiba, award-winning musician and son of Rob Skiba. Hey, Skiba News Nation family, welcome to episode 54 of Skiba News Nation, your weekly source of the latest news, controversial topics, conspiracies, forgotten history, and much more. I'm your host, Jeremiah Skiba, and today we're going to be talking about RFK Jr. on Operation Mockingbird and its links to gender dysphoria, DOJ indicts Biden family whistleblower who disappeared, Sounds of Freedom beats Disney at the box office, why Tucker Carlson was really fired, Fluoride in our water, an all-new Opus Corner, and for history, we're going to be talking about doppelgangers, body doubles, deep fakes, and did Back to the Future have a flat earth map in it? Memes and much more, so stay tuned. And now as always, I'd like to introduce my great and insightful co-host, Mr. Jake Grant. Welcome, Jake. And before we jump into it, you were at Hebrew Fest, so tell me what it was like, man. I heard oh, it was awesome. Man. It was amazing. There's only a few events over the past few years that really have stuck to my memory, such as this, but it was a blast, and anybody who was there uh, knows exactly what I'm talking about, and I actually compiled a short couple clips from some of the performances and some of the hangouts there, and hopefully you can get a little bit of a vibe of what it was like, but this thing is just starting. This was only the first Hebrew Fest, and I think it's going to be something that's going to happen each year. And I think it's going to grow and grow and grow. And I one day could envision thousands and thousands of people with tents as far as the eye can see out there jamming it out. 
you know, singing truth, walking in spirit, praising the Most High, you know, sharing our shared experience of leaving Babylon altogether. And uh, and I hope you guys enjoy these couple clips that I put together of it. This is what campfires were like pretty much every night. I like those campers. Pretty cool. us practicing before the uh, festival. I didn't get any clips of our band actually playing, but uh, this was us practicing beforehand. They brought it out into the audience. It was epic. <laughs> These guys are all the way from Hawaii. Wow. And I can't wait to go over and visit. They gave an open invitation to come and stay with them in Hawaii. And being an island for myself, you know, it was fantastic. Just. You know, our vibes match really well. Uh, very chill, very uh, set apart. You know, the musicians here, all with the amazing stories, but really cool people. Yeah, big families, tons of kids. It was like one of those events, you know, it's just you can, you can tell this is going to be a memory maker, you know. Had some fantastic hip-hop throughout the festival. Cool. Jeremiah, our song would have fit right in on, during these sets. Oh yeah. 
next year for sure. that kid's dancing <laughs> with the frog. We had uh, the producers from Florida come up. Their sets were pretty high. Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah, exactly. Had reggae, Hebrew reggae, hip hop. Had alt rock with me and Adam. 
Maybe if Opa's feeling better by uh, by next year, we'll get him to go out there and play a little folk song. Oh, Opa, we would love to have you. That would be sweet. That would be cool. Well, uh, yeah, hopefully you guys got to get a little taste of the experience. Uh, well, I feel like this is the justice, this is the next awesome. generation, man. This is the next generation of, of, you know, everything. I mean, I would much rather do a festival like this than I would do South by Southwest again, which is a, the biggest music festival in the world, which I don't think is, is accurate. But they say it is. But we could make this bigger than South by Southwest. And let's do yeah, it. Man. And just the community itself, like the number of people that are all out there that actually are aware of the evils of the system that we live in, that are all actively in their own special different ways, of course, but they're all coming out of Babylon and, and, and subtle ways, some more strong in their faith, you know, really leaving the system hardcore, off-grid kind of stuff, and some just, you know, in the ways that they walk out their culture, their life, their how they raise their family, but all of these different types of people coming together uh, with this same perspective on singing about truth, singing about our faith and our in the Messiah and in Yahuwah, and uh, and just how our lives have been changed as we've awoken to the deceptions in the world and all of the music like showcased it in different ways it was really awesome yeah it's beautiful seeing that and i hope to be there next year i mean i as soon as we know we need to we need to start telling people hey book your flights we'll be there we'll we'll, we'll do a couple songs for you and you know anybody recognize you as jake grant from ski Beneath nation like they did in waco yeah a couple people you know uh I uh, have a lot of buddies out there that watch the show, so it was it was Sweet. cool. They, they, they all think we're doing a good job, man, so we got to keep it up. All right. Let's do it. All right, you ready for some current news? Yes. Yes, I am. All right, let's do it. So this week, I wanted to throw in this picture here. It's tied to your segment last week, Jeremiah. Uh, prosecutors who let Epstein go the first time to, of course, take advantage of underage girls now claim they, Alexander Acosta, were told to back off because Epstein belonged to intelligence. So Shocker. the reason Epstein was not thrown behind bars for his... Oh, just wickedness against underage girls uh, was because apparently he was an asset. Well, and, you know, I wonder you know, if 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 Lee Harvey Oswald would have survived. I wonder if if that would have happened to him. If they would have just you know made it real easy on him, because he he was now he's now a part. I mean, it's it's come out that he was a part of the CIA or he had something to do with it, just like Epstein, which is interesting. But that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think you're right. I think they would have let him off. I think part of the deals that these guys who work with the special agencies uh, is that they are aware that they could face jail time. But they're kind of insured in the fact that they're like, look, you might go to jail for what we want you to do, but we will make a way for you to either go into hiding into a witness protection program type thing or get off easy 
uh, even though we're trying to pin something on you for our particular agenda, mm-hmm. look, this is this is what we'll do to make it work. So pretty crazy, and this ties to our first vid, uh, which is uh, there are some interesting things that RFK Jr. is starting to whistleblow about mm-hmm. uh, as he's running for the presidency. Now, I will say I get red flags about this gentleman, but some of the things he's pointing out are significant. So let's check out this next bit. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. just made another stunning revelation on a podcast. Well, I guess it's old news to us, but it'll be new news to Fox News viewers and anybody who watches the brand name Conservative Inc. supposed alternative media figures like Ben Shapiro and all the rest because he sat down with Lex Friedman recently, just a few days ago, who was some computer nerd, artificial intelligence guru, who will ultimately be a servant of Satan and wants people to plug into the matrix through a neural interface. But that's a whole other issue. But Robert F. Kennedy Jr. mentioned one of my favorite topics. Um, for most of its life, the CIA was banned from propagandizing Americans. But we learned that they were doing it anyway. So in 1973, during the church committee hearings, we learned that the CIA had a program called Operation Mockingbird, where they had at least 400 members, leading members of the United States press corps, on the New York Times, the Washington Post, ABC, CBS, NBC, etc., who were secretly working for the agency and um, and steering news coverage. Uh, to support CIA priorities. By the way, if you don't know, the reason his voice sounds shaky isn't that he's sick or an elderly man. It's he has some disease with his vocal cords that caused them to spasm every time that he speaks. And they agreed at that time to disband Operation Mockingbird in 73. Uh, but there's, uh, there's indications they didn't do that. And they still, the CIA today is the biggest funder of journalism around the world. the the biggest funder is through USAID. Now, he's being way overly diplomatic there, trying not to sound like a conspiracy theorist by saying there are indications that they didn't end it. (laughs) Well, of course they didn't. You say that continues today? Well, yeah, I would think probably for a reporter it would continue today, but because of all of the revelations of the period of the 1970s, it seems to me that a reporter's got to be much more circumspect in doing it now, or he runs the risk of uh, at least being looked at with considerable disfavor by the public. I think you've got to be much more careful about it. And for 19 years now, since 2004, when I first learned about Operation Mockingbird, before YouTube, before Facebook, when I was an internet radio host on GCN, the Genesis Communications Network, the same network that I think still syndicates Alex Jones's show, very few of my current subscribers know this because obviously it was a long time ago. My audience back then was very small. But you know that I've been shouting about Operation Mockingbird uh, pretty much nonstop. And all you need to do, anybody needs to do, is look at the Church Committee report, which was published in 1976, where it says on page 455 that the CIA currently maintains a network of several hundred individuals around the world who provide intelligence for the CIA and at times attempt to influence opinion through the use of covert propaganda. These individuals provide the CIA with direct access to a large number of newspapers and periodicals, scores of press services and news agencies, radio and television stations, commercial book publishers, and other foreign media outlets. The United States funds journalism in almost every country in the world. 
know, it owns newspapers, it uh, has journalists on it, thousands and thousands of journalists on its payroll. They're not supposed to be doing that in the United States, but, um, you know, in 2016, President Obama changed the law to make it legal now for the CIA to propagandize Americans, and I think... You know, yes, that was through the Smith-Mund Modernization Act 2012. Obama needed to modernize it so that it would be fully legal for the CIA to spread fake news in American media. I mean, there are certain press organs that have been linked, you know, to the agency that the people who run those organs, uh, things like the Daily Beast, now Rolling Stone, uh, you know, editor of no, Rolling Stone, Noah Schlackman, has deep relationships with the intelligence community, uh, Salon, Daily Coast. Um, and again, of course, this is all old news to us, but it's great that he's bringing up these issues with a normie audience, as the kids say, and maybe this will make it safe for the brand name talk show hosts and pundits to finally talk about Operation Mockingbird because they're almost as afraid to bring that up as they are to disagree with gay marriage. And then listen to the reaction from this nerd, Lex Friedman, who has had the biggest names in tech on his podcast. He just can't understand why the CIA would want to do that. But I wonder why they would do it. So from my perspective, it just seems like the job of a journalist is to have an integrity where your opinion cannot be influenced or bought. Imagine being that naive. Well, why would the journalists do that? I thought journalism was a respectable profession. I'm sorry, Lex, but not only is it blatantly obvious that virtually all mainstream journalists are corrupt to the core and make the same amount of money as professional athletes, but it's old news. 45 years ago, in 1977, Rolling Stone magazine published an expose after the church hearing about Operation Mockingbird and named names and detailed how even the church hearing covered up the extent of the program. Sadly, Rolling Stone and Carl Bernstein, who wrote this article, couldn't beat them, and so they joined them. I actually think that the entire field of journalism has, uh, has uh, you know, really ashamed itself in recent years because it, it's become, you know, the, the principal newspapers in this country and the television station, the, the legacy media have abandoned their, um, their traditional, their tradition of, of, you know, which was. They have abandoned all sense of integrity and morality. And again, some of us have been trying to warn the American people about this for many years now. Here's me, 13 years ago, back in 2010, on a little-known radio show, trying to tell people what's going on. You know, it's interesting, we, we kind of talk about Operation Mockingbird and things like that, and, and people are saying, it's kind of well-known that, all oh, the, the government controls the media and, the, and this and that, but I mean, if anybody wants any real hardcore evidence of this, just look into the church hearings back in the late 1970s mm -hmm. and, and look at the published report about Operation Mockingbird back in the 70s. I mean, it's is fully a congressional hearing investigating the CIA, and they uncovered and admitted that the CIA was paying, at that time, like 200 and some million dollars a year. In, according to, uh, you know, adjusted for today's inflation, it's a billion dollars a year. They were paying off the reporters and the editors, really, to, to gatekeep, to kill stories, and to plant propaganda. So, I mean, there, there's your evidence right there. Yes, but sadly, literally the only time it's ever been mentioned on Fox News was two years ago on Tucker Carlson's show when Glenn Greenwald said this. If you go and Google, and I hope your viewers do, Operation Mockingbird, 
what you will find is that during the Cold War, these agencies used to plot about how to clandestinely manipulate the news media to disseminate propaganda to the American population. They used to try and do it secretly. They don't even do it secretly anymore. They don't need Operation Mockingbird. They literally put John Brennan, who works for NBC, and James Clapper, who works for CNN, and tons of FBI agents right on the payroll of these news organizations. They now shape the news openly to manipulate and deceive the American population. Yes, yes they do, but sadly the trusted brand name conservatives are still too afraid to tell their audiences about it. I'll leave a link in the description below to my previous in-depth report. It's rather lengthy about Robert F. Kennedy Jr. raising the alarm about atrazine, the herbicide that's found in drinking water across the country that has been found to convert testosterone into estrogen, which he and many others believe may be responsible for the gender dysphoria epidemic in society. And just as I predicted, once he mentioned that on Jordan Peterson's podcast, which has since been censored from YouTube because he was talking about then the all-knowing fact-checkers claim, well, is atrazine in the water supply contributing to sexual dysphoria in kids? Well, they say, of course not. Yes, and I'm sure that BPA, bisphenol A, and phthalates, which are synthetic estrogens found in plastics, which are often used in food packaging, and toys, and even clothes, have nothing to do with it either, right? <laughs> oh, wait, what's this? It's a 2005 article from New Scientist magazine, gender-bending chemicals found to feminize boys. Gender-bending chemicals mimicking the female hormone estrogen can disrupt the development of baby boys, suggests the first evidence linking certain chemicals in everyday plastics to effects in humans. The chemicals implicated are phthalates, which make plastics more pliable in many cosmetics, toys, baby feeding bottles, and paints, and can leak into water and food. Then three years later, other studies confirm these same concerns. Chemicals commonly found in food wrapping, makeup, and baby powders are having a gender-bending effect, feminizing male populations of wildlife and humans. This from 2009, two-year-olds at risk from gender-bending chemicals. But you're not supposed to say that there's anything wrong with people who have gender dysphoria. It's an orientation. It's no different than someone being left-handed instead of right-handed. In fact, they're amazing. They're on the frontier of the next phase of evolution of humanity. He does bring up a couple other interesting points, including InQtel, which is the CIA's investment firm basically where they invest money into tech companies and then have everybody sign non-disclosure agreements so that they will develop tech for the intelligence agencies in previous interviews he has discussed how the cia obviously silenced and got rid of his father and his uncle but before you get too excited and Put him on a pedestal and think that he should be Donald Trump's running mate for some sort of unity ticket. You should know that he still is a Democrat at his mm -hmm. core. He supports affirmative action. He supports gun control. Not that long ago, he said that he thinks that anybody who denies man-made climate change should be arrested. So it's great that he's getting out some important issues. He's making it safe for people to talk about certain things, but he still is a Democrat at his core. Alrighty. So, very interesting how he's exposing this whole Project Mockingbird topic. And, and yes, he is sharing good truths, but we have to understand that we are entering into the age of 
pseudo-truthers, mm-hmm. the, the age of gatekeepers, the people who present themselves as having your best interest at heart while sharing a truth, they offer a lie in another hand or they offer an agenda you know, disguised under this big you know, this big activist movement of truth. And so it's an interesting time to have to navigate. We have here Jim Jordan, House Republicans, launch an investigation into BlackRock Vanguard over ESG practices. So the uh, Judiciary Chairman Jim Jordan and two other House Republicans sent four letters to the heads of the massive companies, BlackRock, Vanguard. You know, these are the guys that uh, have trillions of dollars under management that are controlling politicians through funding, through uh, corporations that really go throughout the world and um, the copies of the letter were sent Thursday to the heads of these companies. In all of the letters, the lawmakers say the companies appear to have potentially violated U.S. antitrust law by coordinating and entering into collusive agreements to decarbonize assets under management and reduce emissions to net zero. So the thing I'm bringing out about this particular article is you see these massive corporations of BlackRock, Vanguard, all falling into this agenda of climate change control. They're they're falling into some of the very agendas that we've seen announced at the EU, for example, and some of these uh, world-changing policies under green deals that uh, really just give more and more control uh, over a population and it's all under the guise of protecting the environment so uh, it, it's it's just very interesting and something to pay attention to uh, at least some lawmakers some politicians seem to be trying to pay attention to some of these topics that and otherwise would get you called a conspiracy theorist for trying to point out yeah. uh, also the DOJ indicts a missing man who claims to have provided the FBI with info on Biden family's China business dealings. So they're going after the guy who whistle blew about the Bidens and a fugitive who claimed to have provided the FBI with information on the Biden's family business dealings in China is facing decades behind bars for alleged arms trafficking and other charges involving Iran. Oh, how interesting. This guy's going to expose the corruption of the current administration. Let's throw him behind bars, right? That makes yep. sense. Uh, his name is Gal Luft, a 57-year-old dual U.S.-Israeli citizen, is charged with acting as an unregistered agent of China and seeking to broker the sale of Iranian oil in violation of sanctions, federal prosecutors in Manhattan said Monday. Uh, it is interesting, this uh, citizenship status here, as you remember me sharing this uh, picture here of Epstein, he, uh, he was being called a asset to intelligence, right? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I wonder why. Well, could it be perhaps his uh, tie to certain intelligent communities in a particular area of the world? Uh, I don't know. I'm just uh, 
making vague assertions here that are all alleged and uh, there's just, you know, a lot of red flags with some of these topics. I mean, why are they coming after this guy that exposed the Bidens? I think it's to uh, silence him, right? Yep. So uh, this leads us into our next video. This is a, uh, we're only going to watch a portion of this video, but um, it shows how there is a ongoing collapse in the office market and the housing market and so we i shared some little memes in previous episode or two about how we have to be prepared for for example the airbnb uh renters market to collapse as people aren't able to fund their mortgages of their houses because people are either aren't renting so it's just it, it's very fascinating what this gentleman brings up check out this next video things are definitely changing around us folks this is tony hope you're all doing well this is actually one of three videos i'm covering all the stories that are currently out and these are pretty unbelievable some of the stuff i've discovered in the last day or so that we're going to talk about in this video now i i did some over on my business channel but let's get into some of these stories so okay Things are definitely changing around us, all right? We are seeing a huge amount of things happening currently. Right now, we're seeing a number of Walmarts closing and they're not even gonna tell us the number. Now, of course, I've done videos in the past saying Walmart's closing, right? And we saw hundreds close last year, but actually what's going on here is far bigger this time, folks, far bigger, because what's going on is we're seeing everything fall, of course, apart. Half of the boomers and late Gen Xers who took early retirement during the first 2020 have fallen into poverty. Now, of course, some of you might be like, oh, I don't care. But actually, you probably should care because they own most of the real estate in America and real estate is a huge thing. It's a backbone of America. It's a backbone of any country. And right now, there's only like 1.1 million houses on the market. According to what I'm looking at here, we're talking they could easily 20-fold in the next year. 20-fold the amount of houses on the market. So right now, there's 60 point, 69 million uh, boomers, and 80% of them own houses. And if they end up having to foreclose their houses because they can't afford them anymore, you're talking like easily 20 million houses being on the market and of course that's not all there's like so many of these things going on all at the exact same time you have office space look at this thing i, I, I was going to talk about it on the other video and i actually didn't get into it empty office space right now check this out we have more office space available in washington dc than that is taller than mount everest you have mount everest right here and new york has 3,798,900, I can't speak here, 3,800 floors of empty office space. DC has 3,700 floors, empty office space. And then you have this here. What is this? This is the total of America, 48,000 floors. As you can see, just a little bit higher than Mount Everest in the amount of empty office building space that's how much is actually available right now which no one wants 
So this is what you're seeing with office space. We're going to now see with housing. We're going to see a flood of houses on the market with ridiculously high APRs and no one want to buying the houses. It's just it's really kind of ridiculous what's going on. And actually what really kind of lays this home and it helps you to understand what's going on. Here we have the, it's essentially a 76 year cycle. And you can see where these green circles are, the, the restart of the cycle where it matches from 1932 to 2008. So we're 15 years into a 76 year cycle. And of course, if you go from 32 to 1980, this is when the rates went up to their highest level, around 20% actually. We're not, we're just barely getting started in this cycle. So if you went from 32 to 80, you're talking 48 years. We're 15 years into a 48 year to a peak. And we're already to the point where no one can afford anything. Which means that this whole thing is going to come, of course, crashing down, folks. So, of course, I, I appreciate when somebody can break down these cyclical patterns through history and show, hey, this is what happened in the past. We're seeing a pattern here. Prepare for the future. There's about to be a lot of homes on the market. The market's crashing. And, uh, and it's going to be a really interesting time. Uh, so, this is all just to keep on our radar of course it all contributes to the overarching theme of what's happening in our world today um now with that said we're going to share a video it's uh it's back on the recent sex trafficking expose documentary that came out uh the sound of freedom i saw it last so night oh you did how was it it was uh it's pretty good yeah it was pretty good it wasn't really a documentary it was more of a, a drama but it was all based on true true events it was it, i thought it was pretty good M better than anything that's come out in the last 10 years i would say wow. no wokeness it, no anything and it's just the truth it, it, it was great i think i think it's amazing that it beat out disney's uh next indiana jones film you know yep. i think that was incredible that with the very few theaters comparatively that indiana jones was in the sound of freedom blew it out of the water uh, in the box office so and if you uh, go see it I, I make sure you stay till the end after the end after the the credits you're not gonna want to miss that so oh cool i don't want to give anything away i just want to say well uh let's go ahead and check out this video on this uh this new movie the Sound of Freedom with Jim Caviezel is an amazing movie that I really believe people need to see, and apparently people are, as before its opening they made $10 million of pre-sales, and it's projected to earn over $40 million its opening week. But for some reason, the corporate dinosaur media does not want you to see it. Because he doesn't really hide his association with this real wild plot uh, with somebody like jim caviezel he is openly embracing it he's openly using its catchphrases and its concepts he's speaking at QAnon conventions and this film is being marketed to either specific QAnon believers or to people who believe all of the same tenets as QAnon, which is such a bizarre stance for anyone to take something that's a universal evil like selling kids into slavery is something that everyone should want to denounce but for some reason cnn wants to brush it off as some sort of tin foil hat theory. Could it possibly be because one of their employees was accused of a very similar crime? Because I honestly think everybody watches The Sound of Freedom and gasps, oh my god, what yep. if that happened to me? We're imagining the nightmare of being the dad looking for his missing kids. 
but for some reason, they see the movie and relate to those pedos being arrested. So of course there's this huge media movement trying to discourage you from seeing the film, with Rolling Stone saying the movie is for dads with brain worms, and The Guardian calling this a QAnon adjacent thriller trying to stop child traffickers in a paranoid movie. Despite the fact that this same publication, just five years ago, wrote an entire article about how much of a problem child trafficking is. Despite the fact that this same publication also wrote a review on that Cuties movie on Netflix calling it bold and misunderstood. And they're not the only ones, as a Washington Post wants to link the movie to QAnon while they previously also tried to put a positive spin on Netflix's Cuties. You know, the same Netflix that apparently passed on the sound of freedom but had no problem buying cuties. And quick spoiler for this video, if you thought that was bad, it gets worse and just keeps getting worse. Because if the corporate dinosaur media is trying to convince you that cuties is good, but the sound of freedom is bad, and if you disagree with that, you're siding with some spooky conservative movement, I think a lot of regular people will just say, alright, get me those viking horns then, because you can't shame me into turning against my own morals. Because when you look at the Wikipedia for the film, apparently they completed the movie in 2018 and had a distribution deal with 20th Century Fox. But when the studio was purchased by Disney, they shelved the film. Now why would Disney go and do that? Now the wiki on the film actually goes into the controversies, how groups criticize Operation Underground Railroad's attempts to save kids, most notably that their rescue likely traumatized the traffic kids. And Vice also criticized Tim Ballard's operation for very similar reasons, but also highlighting that it's backed by Donald Trump, which yes, it did appear that Ballard had the ear of President Trump. They brought this little girl through a, a part of the, of the southern border where there was no wall, easily got her to New York City, and this is hard to hear, but this is the truth, and everyone needs to hear this. This little girl, and this is a very typical, for money every day, 30 to 40 times a day. This little boy was kidnapped in Mexicali, Mexico, where there was a wall, where there is a barrier, and so he was forced to take this little boy through the Calexico port of entry, and guess what? It worked. We captured him. We rescued the little boy, and subsequently rescued 12 other children in San Bernardino, California. But what a horrible, immoral way to live your life. Anything can be bad if the orange man's behind it, because tribalism should end where a kid's safety begins. If Kamala Harris, as VP right now, starts passing laws that capture traffickers at the border and puts them on death row, and then right after we actually see immediate prosecutions, I somehow doubt that Tucker Carlson and Tim Pool are going to come out against that move. But somehow the mainstream left-wing media can see actual stories of trafficking today videos of trafficking in other countries just like the scenes from The Sound of Freedom, and even back in 2014, run fluff pieces on Tim Ballard and Operation Underground Railroad. The police had help from an American who went undercover to rescue the children. Tim Ballard has one mission, to track down child traffickers, arresting five suspects, four men, and one former beauty queen. The victims, 29 of whom are under 18, were evacuated, given medical exams, and placed in a rehabilitation center where specialists are working to undo the damage. But nah, the corporate dinosaur media has just turned into this. The sharing of biased and false, false news has, has become, become all too common, common on, on social, social media. media. More alarming, some media are simply true. It's extremely dangerous to our democracy. So when CNN ran their segment convincing me not to see it, I immediately bought a ticket to go see it in theaters the next day. So I'm not much of a film critic because 
I'm the type of guy that unironically like the Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, but I would say The Sound of Freedom is just like the movie Taken if it was a long-winded indie film. So it's an entirely different experience than, say, John Wick 4. But my theater was filled with people crying throughout with lots of applause after it ended, and that's just not something I've ever seen in the movies. So now the film is trending on Twitter, with even Elon Musk replying to the trailer, offering to put the movie on his platform for free. Elon Musk, he he actually tweeted out a couple weeks ago with the trailer and it opened up Twitter as a free home for distribution. We're going to see a, tw a Twitter release, uh, I think, mid-July. Even the UFC's Dana White is buying tickets for his people to see it. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give any of my UFC employees that want to see this movie free tickets to go see. And I would like to encourage other executives to do the same at their company. And if you go to angel.com slash tickets, you can also buy a ticket for someone that can't afford to buy their own. And that's exactly what I will be doing. So if you want to see the film in theaters, you can go to the website that I put in the description box down below and request a free ticket. Or if you'd like, you can pay it forward and buy a ticket for someone else. Because it's not going to be like seeing Super Mario Brothers or Creed 3. There's just something about witnessing a movie firsthand that the entire mainstream narrative is collectively trying to prevent you from seeing. So if you appreciate my concise, lighthearted commentary on what's really going on in the world, hopefully I've earned your subscription, then go check out my video on what happens when one left-wing privilege movement collides with another left-wing privilege movement. With that being said, All I right, want to buy your ticket, Jake. I will buy your ticket. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Dude, I would be totally down. Just from what I've seen in the reviews and the trailers, this is something that's really making waves. It's a movement. And... Uh, and of course, I'm always trying to keep aware of the bullwhip effect of popular conservative topics that a lot of people start getting behind because sometimes, believe it or not, it can not all be good. And I found this one perspective, which is that uh, the, the discussion of the sex trafficking trade is a further encouragement for the possible implementation of a mark of the beast such as how do you keep people from stealing your kids you microchip them oh and um, could this be a possible subtle agenda in the sound of freedom now i'm not speaking against the the darkness that they're exposing and the good that they're trying to do by shedding light on this topic but in the long run I mean, what does it all lead to is what we have to ask. And um, there was this really interesting video uh, about this this woman sharing, you know, the tether that this could lead to. Um, and, and that's why I like to keep you guys aware of it. While um, I'm definitely super interested in checking out the movie, there's a reason it's blowing all these other films out of the water. Uh, could this be something that's just going to help rush forward this agenda of digital identification so that we can protect the children but although i am sharing that i wanted to read this first comment here and it said this the same people who masked and jabbed their own little ones are the people who will most likely chip them too can't <laughs> fix stupid <laughs> the movie will at least at the very least introduce the concept of an actual child slave trade most people have no idea any such thing exists. Whatever the agenda may be, it is just an agenda, flimsy and unstable. Unless people comply. And this is the biggest issue we have in the world, is we have so many people who absolutely will comply. 
and uh, and and it's the, it sometimes seems like it's the few and the rare that won't comply. And if you complied in the past two or three years with the medical tyranny, uh, the likelihood of you complying when a Mark of the Beast shows up is uh, much greater. It's very yep. easy to stop by just saying no. If we don't play in the sandbox they build for us, they, the WHO, Cabal, etc., will just be left alone there pl to play with itself. And uh, I thought that was a really great comment. And, you know, bottom line, though, there is systems that are moving us all towards a Mark of the Beast. And the scriptures do say that there is a great deception that could deceive even the very elect, even the people that are, are believing the Messiah. There is an, even a possibility that they could be deceived um, if they aren't, you know, steadfast. And, yep. and so it's not all just going to be really blatant leftist propaganda that, you know, is super polarizing and very obvious that it's evil. It's going to be subtle things that can seem like an angel of light. That's even a scriptural premise that Satan can appear as an angel of light, as something good, as something worth supporting, but it can lead to disastrous consequences. And so... With all this said, uh, let's go ahead and move on to our next video. And this is a, an interesting um, breaking news uh, health and human services whistleblower uh, that claims that the U.S. government has operated as a middleman in child trafficking and it's tied to uh, crossing over the southern border. And it's tied to this topic of this movie, The Sound of Freedom, and, and, our, and the role of the government and how they've facilitated some of this trafficking. Perhaps that's why they blacklisted Mel Gibson and, uh, and this film. And it's, it's likely tied to also the topic of Epstein and, and all these high echelon people that are involved in this sick wickedness. So check out this next video. Here are our final witnesses. Uh, Ms. Rodas is recognized for five minutes. Good afternoon, Chairman McClintock, Ranking Member Japal, and distinguished members of the committee. It is an honor to be here. I thank you for the invitation to share my testimony. My goal is to inspire action to safeguard the lives of migrant children, including the staggering 85,000 that are missing. Today, children will work overnight shifts at slaughterhouses, factories, restaurants to pay their debts to smugglers and traffickers. Today, children will be sold for sex. Today, children will call a hotline to report they are being abused, neglected, and trafficked. And we don't know if they're gonna get the help they need. For nearly a decade, unaccompanied children have been suffering in the shadows. And I have to confess, I knew nothing about their suffering until 2021 when I volunteered to help the Biden administration with the crisis at the southern border. As part of Operation Artemis, I was deployed to the Pomona Fairplex Emergency Intake Site in California to help HHS, Office of Refugee Resettlement, reunite children with sponsors in the United States. I thought I was going to help place children in loving homes. Instead, I discovered that children are being trafficked through a sophisticated network 
that begins with recruiting in home country, smuggling to the U.S. border, and ends when ORR delivers a child to a sponsor. Some sponsors are criminals and traffickers and members of transnational criminal organizations. Some sponsors view children as commodities and assets to be used for earning income. This is why we are witnessing an explosion of labor trafficking. Now, whether it's intentional or not, it could be argued that the United States government has become the middleman in a large-scale, multi-billion-dollar child trafficking operation that is run by bad actors seeking to profit off of the lives of children. As for me, my interest is the safety of the children. I do not view this as a political issue. I view this as a humanitarian issue. I assure you, my motives are the highest and best. I want the children protected. So I want to tell you some of what I witnessed personally at the Pomona Fairplex. I saw vulnerable indigenous children from Guatemala who speak Mayan dialects and cannot speak Spanish. That means they cannot ask for help in English. They cannot help for, ask for help in Spanish. They become captives of their sponsors. I have sat with case managers as they've cried to tell me the horror of what has happened to children as they make the journey to this country. I saw apartment buildings where 20, 30, and 40 unaccompanied minors have been released. I saw sponsors trying to simultaneously sponsor children from multiple ORR sites at one time. I saw sponsors using multiple addresses to obtain sponsorships of children. And I saw numerous cases of children in debt bondage and the child knew they had to stay with the sponsor until the debt was paid. Realizing that we were not offering the children the American dream, but instead putting them in modern day slavery with wicked overlords was a terrible revelation. A terrible revelation. These children are a captive victim population with no access to law enforcement or knowledge of their rights. They are extorted, abused, neglected. And that is why I blew the whistle in 2021. I witnessed firsthand the horrors of child trafficking and exploitation. My life will never be the same after what I saw. But I have hope because I'm counting on you. It's my hope that you'll take action to end this crisis, to safeguard the lives of, most of these vulnerable children. People have asked me, you know, what can be done? What would you suggest? Well, first, I think HHS's number one priority is oversight. They must commit to oversight, transparency, and accountability. If I could wave a magic wand, this, I believe, could be quickly solved by experts in the IG community. There is a pandemic analytics center of excellence, or the PACE, as we call it. I believe if data analysts at the PACE could look at the data, children could be rescued, criminals could be prosecuted, if the PACE had access to this data. It shows where the children are and who has them. I think also we need to change the culture of speed over safety. Speed is the wrong performance measure when dealing with children. We need to revamp the vetting process of sponsors and have case managers who have investigative backgrounds, data analytics backgrounds, some certified fraud examiners. And I think we need to reimagine a system where the sponsor is the accountable party. Sponsors should be required to report to ORR. 
And lastly, stop retaliating against whistleblowers. Stop retaliating against the people who are trying to tell the truth to save the children. As it is written, a wise man listens to advice while a fool continues in his folly, and HHS needs to be wise to care for these children. Thank, thank you very much. Your, your time's expired. All right, so uh, very interesting, and, and hopefully you guys can see how that ties in uh, with this topic. In other news, let's check out this next video that breaks down why exactly Tucker Carlson was fired, and it's something that Jeremiah and I uh, actually discussed before it happened, while it happened, and we were discussing the ties to BlackRock and, and what it was that Tucker Carlson could have been fired for. So check out this next video. Here's the first story from the Daily Mail. Tucker Carlson tells Russell Brand he doesn't know why he was fired by Fox News in his first interview, as he also makes the bombshell claim that the crowd outside the Capitol on January 6th was filled with federal agents. Well, in fact, we have that clip. Green Lives Matter, not sure who that is other than they have a good amount of followers and they tweeted this. Tucker says the chief of Capitol Police told him that the crowd on January 6th was filled with federal agents. He planned on airing the interview but was canceled before he could do so. Now we know why he was canceled and fired. Are you seeing it clearly now? They don't want the world to know the truth. Well, let me play for you that clip. It's only about 50 seconds long. And that was a tip off to me. I mean, I had no thought in my head as I watched this happen on television and in the subsequent weeks that U.S law enforcement or military agencies had anything to do with it that never crossed my mind i never thought there was it was a false flag or anything like that i'm not a conspiracist by temperament i never thought that um and then i interviewed the chief of the capitol police stephen sund in an interview that was never aired on fox by the way i was fired before it could air um i i'm going to interview him again but stephen sund was the totally non-political worked for Nancy Pelosi. I mean, this was not some right-wing activist. He was the chief of the Capitol Police on January 6th. And he said, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That crowd was filled with federal agents. What? Yes. Well, he would know, of course, because he was in charge of security at the site. So the more time has passed, now it's been... So that's that's the, the gist of it. I mean, this is... It's big news, but I, I do think it's going to be better when Tucker does actually interview the chief of police and we hear it straight from, you know, this individual who's in charge of security. But uh, yeah, I would imagine he's going to prompt, uh, you know, actually deliver that promise as well. Yeah. Getting that out there because that'll just be, I mean, pretty much confirming a lot of what people have been saying right after January 6th. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember, but I mean, obviously this was right after uh, the summer of love and everything like that. And a, a major narrative just from people was, oh, well, Trump supporters don't really move like that. This seems a little bit off. This seems suspicious. Right. It seems as though the more time that's passing by, the more this stuff is just getting exposed every single month. The scary thing, I suppose, is it's, 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 it's trickling in drops at a time. Yeah. You know, we, we, we see videos of some guy saying, like, go, 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 move and encouraging people to engage in this stuff. Then we learn that there's more and more police officers who are in on it. The funny thing is, early on, you had uh, you have that famous video with AOC where she's like, I'm, you know, questioning the cops who may have been involved, or she said something to that effect after right. uh, Alex Stein did that big booty Latina thing. She was saying like, we don't feel safe and stuff. And the point I made was, wow, AOC is claiming it was an inside job, but there's videos of cops opening the doors for people, waving people in, taking selfies with people. So right there, you could argue, yeah, the cops were letting people in. If this was really an insurrection, well, they were police officers letting them in. Yeah. Now there's a bigger question. 
and increasingly more and more news being added to the mix, which is creating a bigger picture of actually there are people in the crowd encouraging it and making it happen. The reason why I say it's scary is that it's coming out only in slow droplets to the point where people don't care because it's not a bombshell. Yeah. Yeah. Just drop as many uh, a thousand stories over the next handful of years. And like you said, not a big bombshell. I think for the general general like population as well, they don't grab onto the little tiny hints and clues here and there. They really grab onto major bombshells. So if I went out on the street and talked to people about, you know, these details that have been coming out, most people don't know about this stuff. They only know about major, major explosions in the media, Uh, assuming that the mainstream media even covers it. And then by the time we're at the general election next year, it will be common knowledge that it was largely a federal operation, and they'll be saying it was a good thing. Yeah, it, it saved the election first, or helped save well, the election. Helped save democracy, yeah. First they'll, they'll say, first they said it wasn't happening, you're lying. Now we have more information, it was, then they're gonna say, oh, well, you're exaggerating, and then by next year it'll be a good thing. That's how the cycle goes, and they'll be like, oh yeah, it happened. Yeah, and it was a really good thing that it did because they caught those evil people. For sure, for sure. Yeah, they, they prevented a siege by letting them inside and capturing them on the inside. It's probably what, the argument they'll what, make. What would have happened if they if they tried to block them? I mean, it would have been really, maybe they would have burned it down, you know? So by opening the door, oh yeah. And uh, encouraging them to do it was to find out who was really a, uh, gonna be a, uh, a seditionist and et cetera, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. I was thinking a lot about these, these protesters last night and like they were addressing grievances. They didn't believe the election was fair and they were trying to stand their ground and take space to prevent the signing of basically the of biden the of the election they were like of you know whatever they were were signing off and and making it valid they were like no we're gonna stay here so you can't they weren't like attacking people or choking people ashley babbitt got shot because she went a little too far i think she she climbing up and over the barricade going into the inner chambers got shot i understand why i don't like it but they were like just taking up space. Right, not to mention that had been done all over the place for the last however many hundreds of days like we watched in the summer of love. So they're like, well, I mean, why can't we do this as well? Well, they they even try to sell it as an armed insurrection. Like they will go that far. Uh, I I talk to people about this all the time and they will go that far to be like, oh, well, some guy across the parking lot was caught with a, a, a firearm on his person or something like that. Therefore, now they can say it's an armed insurrection. Like I was there, man. I was I was reporting on the thing. I was there. Uh, I not think, inside, I, I, think I, I saw a lot of people and it's like, it was nothing like any riot you've ever seen. It was, it was, okay, some people misbehaving over here. You look to your right and it's like 15 grandmas praying. Yeah. I think there was, uh, there's a photo of a guy who's on the stairs and he's got a gun on him. Was he a fed? Now I'm starting to wonder. Like, how but but this, is, this is exactly the point. Well, well there's tens so, of thousands of people there too. So, so here's the issue is that I remember seeing these photos circulate, mainly among the left. A lot of people on the right didn't know this. Even I was wrong about this early on when I was like, there were no guns. What are you talking about? How could right. you have a gun in D.C.? Yeah, there was a, in? they found a, and, a couple. And they did. And now that we're learning that there were law enforcement there, it's like, oh, now that kind of explains it, doesn't right. it? Right. They're like, w- sure. were, were, were those guys? Because the question is, how do you get a firearm onto these gra- in, into the city, onto these grounds with heightened security and stuff like that? How did they not spot this or find it? It's entirely possible. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that they were law enforcement. It's entirely possible some guy did bring a bring a gun. You it, you can walk in, you can find find ways to bypass security, uh, or it could just be that the photo they found of that guy was because I don't think that guy's been charged either. Well, and and that's where it's like okay, you raise a very reasonable question. Your question is who is that? And even that gets criticized. It's oh right. stop that, stop that. You're, you're you're a conspiracy theorist. Don't have this conversation. Don't get more specific. Don't show more footage. Don't educate people. I should clear it up too. They weren't all, I don't think they were all just standing there taking up space. Some of them were getting violent, oh. pushing cops, pushing, breaking you're, things. You're right, yeah. So those Biden people wouldn't. I think deserve to be punished for what they did. 
Not yeah, for anything for more. Sure. You, I mean, you can't just fight police and just get away with it unless you're a BLM protester. Right. <laughs> or Antifa. Or Considering Antifa. the previous year, it's not that much to ask to say, you know, at least treat people fairly you know, but, the same way that you would that they treat, treated the other protesters in D.C. In, in six months earlier. But this is, this is the point that Carter yeah. was making. For sure. You have the Summer of Love protests and riots in front of the White House, yeah. setting fire to St. John's Church, forcing the president to a bunker, and... The, the half the people on January 6th were nowhere near that level for sure there's so you know Brennan's, they injured uh, Secret Service as well they destroyed multiple yeah, patrol vehicles like a hundred or something Secret Service were, were wow. injured a guard, um, so, uh, a guard post was set, was set on fire and burned down right outside the White the, House the barricades yeah. were torn down yep wow. the president was forced into a bunker and so you get people who are marching peacefully to the Capitol and first I always preface it on one side violence very very bad riding yep arrest those people and then on the other side, you had the cops open the doors and say, don't, don't, don't agree with it, but respect it, and fan people into the point where there have been acquittals because there's video of the cops going like this and waving right. people mm -hmm. in. So you're a guy watching Trump speak, and then someone says, hey, let's all go march down to the Capitol. And Trump says, we're going to go peacefully uh, you know, uh, watch politicians. You walk over, you see a building, you see the cops waving people in, you walk in, and they're like, you are now going to prison for the next several years without charge or trial because you're an insurrectionist after you just watched all these videos of the far left trying to burn down a church in front of the White House? Talk about, it's not even hypocrisy or a double standard. Who, who was it who said, uh, Jacob Sobek, maybe there's, it's a three-tier justice system? Yeah, he did. He yeah. said it on yeah. this show when he was guest hosting. Ah, there's the protected class, then there's the random run-of-the-mill people they care a little about, and the persecuted class. Right. So if you're a regular person who's walking down the street, you may or may not get a ticket, they're gonna ignore you, it's whatever. If you're a leftist extremist, not only will you be acquitted, like in D.C. when they were riding during Trump's inauguration, they won a lawsuit and got paid out by tax dollars. And then if you're a Trump supporter, you will bumble around confused and you'll be in prison for two years. Or if you're even perceived to be a Trump supporter or whatever, like Eric Herrera, he went to prison for, actually I'll first say, he was a non-credentialed journalist, went in there with a you know camera in, into the Capitol building non-violent no, nothing violent that he did and he went to prison for four years what? When? he was he went was to prison sentenced? he uh, sent, sent, sentenced to prison for four years and i think he went in maybe three months ago non-violent you, you can even check out his case what was he Matt? charged with uh so what they got a lot of these people with and i you know i'm not going to be a, i'm not a total professional on this but i will say uh when it comes to the charges what they were getting people with was obstruction of an uh, of an official proceeding that's what they got him on. That is even what though, they were doing. Even though he was there being a a, a journalist, literally with a DSLR around oh. his neck. Um, I, I believe he like went into one of the offices and, and held up a piece of paper. I'm pretty sure it says that on his case. But he got four years. You can compare that to, I mean, how many, how many, how many BLM or Antifa uh, members can you compare that to from riots that did something 15, 20, 30 times worse that, that served way less time? There that's, are, in, that's insane. There are absolutely many leftists who have been criminally charged. They've get, they, they often get ridiculously light sentences. There was just news about people at a Michael Knowles event, some far leftists, leftists who did something with explosives, they've been criminally charged. You have those two lawyers in New York who are giving out firebombs. And what did they get, like a year? I think they got like maybe two. They definitely got wow. less than Eric. I know that for and sure. And we had Matt Brennan in the show did talk they get about- disbarred? I, I don't know. Probably. <laughs> but I, I would imagine so, but I, I, I mean, Maybe I would even really <laughs> like to know if they got disbarred. I would, I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, I would imagine too, but I wouldn't be yeah, shocked if we found out they didn't, though. But uh, Matt Brainerd was mm -hmm. on the show just a couple days ago, and he mentioned that there's a guy, and probably more than one, 
that is currently in jail without charge or trial two and a half years later. Not charged with anything. So you ask, what did they get these people on? Well, in some cases, nothing. Wow, wow, wow. So a big expose of just the government programs that some sometimes innocent people get caught up in. And, uh, and mm. there's people in jail that are there for supposedly no reason. Mm. But back on the topic of some of the things that RFK Jr. has been sharing regarding things in the water, for example, check out this next video uh, on fluoride. Now, Dr. Burke, your research shows that uh, if all of the United States had been fluoridated, that would mean uh, about 70,000 extra deaths because of cancer per annum. Those are remarkable, impressive, and in fact, rather disquieting figures. Could you shortly describe your research in this field and what results did you get from it? Yes. The 70,000, of course, represents, would represent one-fifth of all the cancer deaths in the United States, twice as many from breast cancer in women and twice as many as from lung cancer in man. Uh, to our studies involve comparing the deaths of all persons in the 10 largest fluoridated cities of the United States with the 10 largest non-fluoridated cities in the United States year by year. And we obtained a very remarkable curve, which you can see here perhaps. Here is the fluoridated and here is the non-fluoridated set of 10 cities each. Before, here's where the fluoridation started. And before this time, both sets of cities were identical. But no sooner had fluoridation started than this curve began to go up. The deaths began to increase so that this effect occurs very promptly within one, two, or five years. Now this, sir, is conclusive evidence that fluor kills because of cancer. It is one of the most conclusive bits of scientific and biological evidence that I have come across in my 50 years in the field of cancer research. Would this then, in your opinion, be the end of fluor in water, in drinking water? It should be the end, and in the United States, it should so be the end by federal law known as the Delaney Amendment, which says that anything found to induce cancer in man or animals cannot be legally put into the food or drink of man or animals. And so uh, and this is all less than one year old, so that it entirely changes any previous ideas of fluoridation that anyone may have had, because this is the first real indication of an important effect. Now, in, uh, in, in this country, of course, the state of the, uh, the dental state of the Union, the way people's teeth look, is incredible indeed. Would you say that uh, stopping fluor had other effects than increasing the dental problems in this country? Well, I would rather look at it that it would certainly help the cancer death situation in this country, which I'm sure most people would agree is far more important than a temporary benefit to teeth in adolescent children. 
Now, this, uh, this, this, you see, amounts to public murder on a grand scale. It is a public crime, it would be, to put fluoride in the drinking water of people. Now, the children of this cameraman and mine, sir, take fluor. Should we stop this immediately? Well, in my opinion, if they were my children, uh, they would not take it anymore. I can only recommend for myself, but I would suggest to you that they stop it. Is there a difference uh, in having fluor in drinking water or administering little fluor pills to children? Well, of course, the little fluor pills are a much smaller proposition than drinking gallons of water per day or per week, as well as taking a bath in it and washing your automobile in it and watering your lawns. That's a very massive thing compared to uh, brushing teeth with fluoridated toothpaste. But uh, our work is immediately concerned with drinking water. What happens to toothpaste, I'm quite willing to uh, let the future studies go into that in more detail. There is, of course, you talk about murder, sir, an ethical aspect to all this, a law aspect, an aspect of people's inhumanity to people. What is your uh, idea about how should this be implemented in our society? The ethical aspects of administering poison, as it were, to people. Well, I think this aspect, this murder aspect, uh, clearly indicates a very strong unethical aspect to forcing people to kill themselves. The person who sells you poison is not truly responsible for your death if you knowingly ingest the poison and kill yourself. Mm -hmm. All they're doing is giving you something you want to buy. Yeah. And in this situation, uh, I know fluoride has been traced to the concentration camps of Nazi Germany, allegedly being given to Jews to keep them docile and obedient. And, of course, this ties into the topic that RFK Jr. was sharing about of astrazine being used to feminize men and cause transgenderism mentality just through hormones and whatnot. But it's pretty crazy. I mean, it's not just the water that they're doing this. Uh, so check out this next video, which is a another Dabu 7 uh, little news broadcast that says something's going on in the skies. Check this out. This is Dabu 7. Shoutouts to Mark that sent me this image in from Arizona. This is near 10, Freeway 10, Southern Arizona. These images taken and really raising some eyebrows as to what are they doing? It's one thing to see the straight lines across the sky, which we've been telling you for a long time. You're being sprayed like bugs while the sheep walk around like it's just normal airplanes. Well, you can see here this pattern in the sky that they're up to something. And it's a reoccurring pattern that they just kept looping almost like a circle. They kept spanning out in the sky as this aerosol spraying continues. So if you guys are seeing anything like this in your skies, let me know. Dabu7 at yahoo.com. 
We like to keep track of what's going on out here. A lot of times we see spraying operations before big weather events, and sometimes they can be connected to other things. Anyhow, this one was quite odd. It's raising the question, what are they doing to the sky? What are they doing up there? And we know, heard their headlines, that the government wants to go and put sand up there and they want to try to black out the sun and do all this other stuff. Well, this is right along those lines. And this is something that they've been doing for a long time. If you guys catch any crazy stuff out there, let me know. Dabu7 at yahoo.com. Much love. Eyes to the sky show. All right, now we know, of course, that this has been well-documented, that they are seeding the skies with heavy metals, barium, aluminum. However, the question is, is why are they doing it in this particular interesting different pattern? Usually it's the long, straight, crisscross grid pattern. So we know that there's been some strange weather across the U.S. We know that the Canadian wildfires and the smoke that's come down over the U.S. has caused interesting storms i mean my wife and i have been commenting recently recently about how strange the weather's been but yep. these are all things that uh we got to keep on our radar because there is an agenda to poison mankind because honestly if they can make us patients that are suffering from ailments that they give us pharmacia to treat we become perpetual slaves to not only their system but their medicine so that they can blood suck us dry and profit off of our illnesses but also if they view us as a virus as a pest to the world and they're trying to save the climate it makes sense yep. that's all the news for this week jeremiah all right man i appreciate your your current news that was some pretty eye-opening stuff man um so thank you for that and really cool hebrew fest uh video i enjoyed that Awesome. Um, I'm really glad. I, I'd love to have you out there uh, in person next year. Dude, it's happening. So now for a new video of my mom's book, The Protocol That Kills. Big shout out to my friend Jerry who who uh, put that little video together and I put the voices to it and all that. So thank you, Jerry. And uh, I think it's about that time for an all new Opa's Corner. Take it away, Opa. The following presentation may contain too many cat jokes. Viewer discretion is advised. This presentation is rated CJ, cat jokes, parental guidance suggested.
hat drei Ecken, drei Ecken hat mein Hut. Und hat er mir nicht drei Ecken, dann ist es nicht mein Hut. Time for another Opa's Corner. So let's get started. Bubba and Billy Bob were known for having quite a bit below average smarts. One day in the local Walmart, they decided to get in on the weekly charity raffle. They each bought five tickets at a dollar a pop. The following week, when the raffle was drawn, each had won a prize. Billy Bob won first place, a year's supply of gourmet spaghetti sauce and extra long spaghetti. Bubba won sixth prize, a toilet brush. About a week or so passed when the men met back at Walmart. Bubba asked Billy Bob how he liked his prize, to which Billy Bob replied, Great! I love spaghetti! Billy Bob asked Bubba, How about you? How's the toilet brush? Oh, not so good, replied Bubba. I reckon I'm gonna have to switch back to paper. <laughs> A hundred and fifty years ago, two cowboys come upon a Native American lying on his stomach with his ear to the ground. One of the cowboys stops and says to the other, You see that engine? Yeah. Look, he's listening to the ground. He can hear things for miles in any direction. Just then, the Native American looks up. Covered wagon about two miles away, have two horses, one brown, one white, man, woman, child, household effects and wagon. Incredible, says the cowboy to his friend. This Indian knows how far away they are, how many horses, what color they are, who's in the wagon, and what is in the wagon. Remarkable. How do you do it? The Native American looks up weakly and says, ran over me about a half an hour ago. <laughs> a young man named Joe bought a horse from a farmer for $250. The farmer agreed to deliver the horse within the next few days. A couple of days later, the farmer drove up to Joe's house and said, I'm sorry, son, but I have some bad news. The horse died. Well, then just give me my money back. I can't do that. Uh, I spent it already. Okay, then just bring me the dead horse. What are you going to do with it? I'm going to raffle him off. You can't raffle a dead horse. Sure I can. Watch me. I just won't tell anybody he's dead. A month later, the farmer met up with Joe and asked, What happened with the dead horse? I raffled him off. I sold 500 tickets at $5 a piece and made a profit of $2,495. Did anyone complain? Just the guy who won. So I gave him back his $5. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha.
A guy was driving past a farm one day when he noticed a beautiful horse stood in one of the fields. Hoping to buy the horse, the guy stopped and offered the farmer $500 for it. The farmer said, Sorry, he's not for sale. He doesn't look too good. Oh, he looks just fine to me. Tell you what, I'll give you $1,000 for him. Sorry, he's not for sale. He doesn't look too good. The guy now really wanted the horse, so he increased his offer to $1,500. Well, he doesn't look so good, but if you want him that much, he's yours. So the guy brought the horse and took him home. The next day, he returned to the farm, hopping mad, and shouted at the farmer. Hey, you cheated me! You sold me a blind horse! The farmer calmly said, I told you he didn't look too good, didn't I? <laughs> a politician visiting a village and asked what their needs were. We have two basic needs, honorable sir, replied the villager leader. Firstly, we have a hospital, but no doctor. On hearing this, the politician brought out his phone. After speaking for a while, he told them not to worry. A doctor will be there tomorrow, and he asked for the second problem. Secondly, sir, there's no cell phone reception anywhere in this village. <laughs> a young farm boy accidentally overturned his wagon loaded with corn. The farmer, who lived nearby, heard the noise. Hey, Willis, forget your troubles. Come in and eat with us. Then I'll help you get the wagon back up. That's mighty nice of you, but I don't think Paul would like me to. Oh, nonsense, come on. Well, okay, the boy finally agreed. But Paul won't like it. After a hearty dinner, Willis thanked his host. I feel a lot better now, but I know Paul's going to be real upset. Oh, don't be foolish. By the way, where is your Paul? Under the wagon? <laughs> Now for the funnies. <laughs> Let's try it once without the parachute. <laughs> Roy, you get up on the hotel roof fire. And for God's sakes, if you are plugged, don't just slump over and die. Put some drama into it and throw yourself screaming from the edge. <laughs> Cats list. Search jobs. Sit on paperwork. Click. Come on. Come
Come on. <laughs> That's true. When my brother was alive, he was the glue that held our family together. Now he's just the glue. <laughs> I shouldn't have quit my hay job. Uh. <laughs> Kanye West's dog. I know I'm supposed to love him unconditionally, but he's such a douche. Houston, it seems that the cow who jumped over the moon didn't quite make it. <laughs> hey, fellas, I'm back. Anything exciting happening at the farm while I was out of town? <laughs> Lucky for us, the cartoonist is a lousy speller. <laughs> Desert Island. <laughs> Merv's manure. Sam's fans. <laughs> 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 Old as hell angels. There's 15 miles to the next rest stop. Let's ride. <laughs> Before the rewrite. Baby, you can ride my bike because it's you I really like. Baby, you can ride my bike and ring my bell. Shingaling, shingaling, shingaling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sing -a -ling, sh -a -ling. yeah. Uh, listen. Uh, I think we better keep this quiet. <laughs> Cost cat. Luxury box. Sir, uh, you need to leave the display. Hello? Sir? <laughs> Sir? <laughs> With summer vacation over, Miss Locke was having a tough time transitioning back to teaching. <laughs> yes, yes, this is it, Sydney. The, the guy with the dog. I think he sees us. <laughs> I 
I'd like to switch you from binge watcher to binge worker. <laughs> to do. Eat. Check. Mm -hmm. Sleep. Check. Mm -hmm. Totally freak out at midnight. <laughs> In that one split second, when the choir's last note had ended, and just before the audience could respond, Vinny Coswego belches out the phrase, <laughs> What have I told you about eating in bed? <laughs> oh, that's dark. <laughs> Fudge chain. Well, I don't know how it works either. Just pull it and find out. <laughs> the class was quietly doing its lesson when Russell, suffering from problems at home, prepared to employ an attention-getting device. <laughs> Unwittingly, Raymond wanders into the Hive's company picnic. <laughs> so, I'm all comfortable on my human's lap, and then he decides to move a little, and it totally throws everything off. They always ruin it. <laughs> Whoa, whoa, whoa! You'll have to go back and walk through again. <laughs> You're so sweet, Clyde. I love that you just want to hang out with me. Get off my catnip toy. <laughs> Took longer than I thought it would. <laughs> See? I told you that there were a bad idea. But no! You had to have heated seats. <laughs> This is my best selfie ever. Okay, let's see. Hashtag hot. Hashtag perfect. Hashtag no filter. Hashtag fat and fierce. 
Hashtag. <laughs> That's enough, Molly. <laughs> One of the greatest mysteries of my time. What kept that back wheel on? Hmm. That's a good point. Let's paint catnip in the garden, they said. It prevents mosquitoes, they said. What could go wrong, they said. <laughs> There's nothing wrong in that picture. <laughs> that concludes another Opa's Corner. My hut, der hat drei Ecken. Drei Ecken hat mein Hut. Und hat er nicht drei Ecken, dann ist es nicht mein Hut. Opa's Corner is now available on my own YouTube channel. Like, share, and subscribe. Good job, Opa. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Give the fans what they want. Great job, Opa. Now a word from our friend JJ. Are you tired of living in constant pain? Do you feel like you've tried every CBD product on the market with no relief? Look no further than JJ's Natural CBD Rub. When I was diagnosed with degenerative disc disease, this was the only product that completely took my pain away. Working with JJ has been a dream come true, and his products have completely changed my life. Don't just take my word for it. Visit JJ's website, jjcbdrub.com, and read hundreds of testimonials from people whose lives have been changed by all of JJ's amazing products. And now, as a Skiba News Nation exclusive, you can get $50 off a three-pack special of JJ's Natural CBD Rub by texting CBD to 920-382-7720. Don't suffer in silence any longer. Take control of your pain today with JJ's Natural CBD Rub. Again, text CBD to 920 382-7720 for an exclusive discount and start feeling the relief you deserve. The links are in the description below. Now, uh, JJ might still have a couple left of my signed books, so if you if you tell him that Skiba News Nation sent you, he'll send you one of my signed books. So, it's time for some history. History. So you guys give me a hard time for saying it's time for some history because I say it's time for some history and some people think it sounds like I'm saying it's time for some mystery. But I guess history is a mystery, right? Alright, so for this week's history we're going to be talking about doppelgangers. And so in this first clip I put together something kind of fun and funny about how, how people can look alike and... I want to get your thoughts on it, Jake, so let's play that clip. So there's Johnny Depp and some strange fella. Orlando Bloom. 
Lucky double. Uh, that's Keanu. Bruce Willis. Justin Timberlake. Now, Jake, do you think that's a coincidence that they all look kind of like that? Like, like they look so similar? Or do you think, you know, maybe some people think they're vampires. Some people think they're, you know, uh, you know, time travelers. What do you think? Uh, yeah, probably time travelers. Most likely scenario. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I don't know, man. Maybe it's they're just figuring out uh, a look that people like. Maybe one of them is the forerunner of it and then everybody else copies them. I don't know. What do you think? I, I well, I I'm not opposed to the uh, time travel theory. I I don't know. I as much as I want time travel to be real, I want to believe it's real. But you know, we would never know, right? If it was real, we would never know. So that's what I'm going with. So that's what we're gonna, what we're going to be talking about for history this week. And for this first clip, I want to be showing you. Uh, kind of like the history of body doubles and seeing your long lost twin or like just part one of the doppelganger story. So let's play that clip. Imagine for a moment walking down the street, minding your own business. When you suddenly lock eyes with someone who looks exactly like you, your heart skips a beat as you struggle to comprehend the implications of seeing your own mirror image. This experience, as chilling as it may be, is not entirely unfamiliar to those who have encountered their doppelganger. The term doppelganger originates from German, meaning double-goer or double-walker. It's often used to describe an eerie, uncanny look-alike of a living person. Throughout history, doppelgangers have been associated with bad omens and even evil entities. They've been featured in various myths, legends, and folklore, as well as modern works of literature and film. But what if I told you that doppelgangers are not just the stuff of fiction and superstition, but can be found in the real world as well? While the concept of doppelgangers might seem otherworldly, science offers a more grounded explanation. Identical twins. Formed from a single fertilized egg that splits into two embryos, identical twins share the same genetic material, resulting in strikingly similar appearances. But even among non-twin siblings or unrelated individuals, there can be an uncanny resemblance due to a combination of genetics and environmental factors. Some instances of doppelgangers can be attributed to pure coincidence. With over 7 billion people on the planet, it's statistically likely that you might stumble across someone who looks similar to you. These instances can be fascinating, and there are even websites and social media accounts dedicated to showcasing unrelated individuals who look strikingly similar. But there are cases where the resemblance goes beyond mere physical appearance. Take for example the story of Jim Lewis and Jim Springer, two identical twins who were separated at birth and adopted by different families. When they were reunited later in life, researchers discovered that they had shared many similar experiences and habits, from having the same occupation to naming their children with the same names. What are some of the similarities that have happened in your lives? Well, we both, uh, well, Jim's been married three times, I've been married twice. His first wife, name the same as mine. His first wife is the same name as right. yours. And her second wife are both first name. 
Uh, we both named our first son the same, James Allen. Uh, we both have uh, brothers named Larry. Uh, oh, and we both, we both uh, named our dogs Toy. Uh, we've both been vacationing the same place in Florida, exact same beach. Right. <laughs> now, one or two of these things, I mean, it, it might not be so unusual that you both name your child the same. But the doppelganger phenomenon isn't always restricted to heartwarming stories of long-lost twins. Sometimes it can take a darker turn, as in the case of Jack Yuffie and Oscar Storr. These identical twins were separated at a young age, with Jack raised as a Jew in the Caribbean, while Oscar grew up in Nazi Germany, where he was indoctrinated into Hitler Youth. Despite their vastly different upbringings, the two brothers found themselves inexplicably drawn to one another, reuniting in their early 20s. They were shocked to discover that they shared a striking physical resemblance, and numerous quirks, such as laughing at the same jokes and having similar speech patterns. Yet their ideologies couldn't have been more different, with Jack's Jewish identity standing in stark contrast to Oscar's Nazi past. After their reunion, they became the subject of various scientific studies attempting to understand the extent to which genetics and environment influence human behavior. The research revealed that Jack and Oscar not only shared physical features, but also had eerily similar habits, such as wearing the same style of glasses, using the same brand of aftershave, and even flushing the toilet before and after using it. These peculiar similarities sparked a debate among researchers about the influence of genetic factors on human behavior. However, as much as they shared in common, the brothers' ideological differences remained a significant point of divergence. Jack, having been raised in a Jewish family, was deeply disturbed by the atrocities committed against his people during the Holocaust, while Oscar's upbringing in Nazi Germany left him with a skewed perspective on the events of that time. Despite their shared genetic makeup, their opposing ideologies served as a stark reminder that one's environment can have a profound impact on shaping beliefs and values. So, Jake, you've probably heard the conspiracy that some political figures may have doppelgangers or body devil doubles and you know I, I know that they did it like with Melania Trump saying that it wasn't really her. Do you remember those conspiracies? Yeah I do. I know it, it's gone around for quite some time. I think some of it could be backed in in fact and some of it is more disinformation type campaigns to make conspiracy theorists look nuts, right? Some of these sightings, I do believe, are body doubles that are being paid because either a, a well-known celebrity type person or a, a high-risk political figure doesn't want to go into a public area, but mm -hmm. they have to make an appearance or something. And so they pay somebody to wear a, a super realistic mask or they have somebody that looks almost identical to them, dresses like them, talks like them to play the role of a part. Um, but when you see the story of like those two guys that are like identical looking and they have all the same characteristics, 
it really it, it's really makes you wonder um, could I per you know like thinking personally could I personally have a body body double out there or a doppelganger and we don't know about each other and we think and operate and, and live life very similarly yeah and that'd be cool yet we've never it, that would be crazy to me. what would you do if you met your body double I, I would I'd probably freak out a little bit like wait a second am I am I still alive <laughs> like I'm am I out of body you know but if, if you let <laughs> you viewers if you know somebody that looks like me Jake Europa send it to our email because we'd love to see our doppelgangers if you happen to know them but I think that'd be super interesting if we did there's a there's another term I hope this is the correct use of it but I think it's physiognomy um, and it's the concept that somebody's physical look can sometimes mirror their personality and their nature and um, it makes me wonder if that's an element to different people around the world seeming to look similar and why they act similar because of this physiognomy term let me just google it really quick to make sure i'm using it right physiognomy deep rabbit hole <laughs> physiognomy the deep rabbit hole um <laughs> let me see uh, a person's facial features or expression especially when regarded an indicative of character or ethnic origin and uh the physiognomy like for example why do bad guys always look bad like mm -hmm. what determines that in our subconscious um and it, it's just interesting like the manifestation of maybe the soul of a person coming out through the way that they look mm -hmm. and i think there's something telling about that and maybe that's tied to the topic but I digress. Uh, back, back to you, Jeremiah. <laughs> well, the the whole conspiracy thing. Um, what if I could prove to you that there have been body doubles, and it's been well documented, and you know it happens to be one of the most evil men to ever live, in my opinion. But he had body doubles or doppelgangers or whatever you want to call it. Whenever he, you know, was going somewhere. This, this clip will speak for itself, so let's play that clip. Powerful people have used body doubles and political decoys to safeguard their interests. These enigmatic figures have shaped the course of history, changing the outcome of wars and altering the fate of nations. Saddam Hussein took the use of body doubles to new heights, creating an intricate network of doubles to protect himself, his sons, and other high-ranking officials. These doppelgangers were utilized in various ways, from appearing in public events and giving speeches to serving as decoys during military operations. The existence of Saddam Hussein's body doubles remained a closely guarded secret during his reign, with only a select few within his inner circle privy to their identities. The Republican Guard and various intelligence agencies were responsible for their protection and coordination. The doubles played a crucial role in creating an illusion of omnipresence and indestructibility for the regime, particularly during periods of heightened conflict and unrest, such as the Al-Anfal Campaign, the Iran-Iraq War, and the Gulf War. 
These doppelgangers would often be deployed to the front lines, drawing enemy fire and allowing the real Saddam Hussein to remain safely hidden. The selection process for Saddam's doubles was meticulous. Saddam's regime reportedly employed several body doubles, including Latif Yahya, Faisal al-Dabas, and Adnan Dakil. They were handpicked for their striking resemblance to the dictator or his sons, Uday and Kusay. Once chosen, they were subjected to an arduous process of transformation, which involved not only physical changes such as plastic surgery, dental work, and weight gain or loss, but also extensive training in various aspects of Saddam's persona. This training included mastering his speech patterns, mannerisms, and handwriting, as well as learning the intricacies of his personal life and relationships. The doubles were also required to study military strategies and tactics, ensuring they could convincingly stand in for the dictator at any given moment. To further enhance their credibility, some of Saddam's body doubles were also introduced to family members and high-ranking officials. This was done to build trust and reinforce the illusion that they were, in fact, the real Saddam Hussein. life of a body double in Saddam's regime was fraught with danger and psychological strain. These men faced constant threats of assassination, capture, and torture, as well as the emotional toll of living a double life. They were required to walk a fine line between their roles as doppelgangers and their own personal lives, struggling to maintain their own identities while fully embracing the personas they were tasked with embodying. Through personal accounts and interviews with those who served as body doubles, we gain insight into the harrowing experiences and challenges they faced. Latif Yahya, who doubled for Saddam's son, Uday Hussein, has shared his story in his autobiography, The Devil's Double. He describes the brutal treatment he received at the hands of Uday, who would physically assault him to ensure obedience. Latif also recounts witnessing Uday's excessive drug and alcohol consumption, as well as his pension for violence and assault. My fellow citizens, at this hour, American and coalition forces are in the early stages of military operations to disarm Iraq, to free its people, and to defend the world from grave danger. May God bless our country and all who defend her. In 2003, the United States-led coalition invaded Iraq, leading to the eventual capture of Saddam Hussein. His regime came to an end, and he was later executed in 2006. As the regime crumbled, the lives of the body doubles, who had been so tightly woven into the fabric of Saddam's rule, were thrown into uncertainty. After defecting from Iraq, Latif Yahya sought asylum in several countries, eventually settling in Ireland. He continues to share his story through interviews and speaking engagements, providing a unique insight into the life of one of history's most brutal dictators and the dark world of body doubles. The fates of Faisal al-Dabas and Adnan Dakil remain unclear. Some reports suggest they may have been killed during the invasion or executed by Saddam loyalists. Others believe they may still be alive, living in obscurity and fear of retribution. We are reminded that the world of politics is often much more complex than it appears. The use of body doubles and political decoys has had a lasting impact on history, blurring the lines between truth and fiction, and leaving us to ponder the full extent of their influence.
So if Saddam could do it, why couldn't our leaders, celebrities, or other well-known people get their own body doubles, you know? So it's more like like that conspiracy theory is no longer a conspiracy theory, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it, it really does show how they go about making it happen. Yeah, and the lengths that they'll go. So what does this topic have to do with today? Um, I know we talk on Skiva News Nation a lot about AI and you know deep fakes and stuff like that well that's kind of what i'm going to be showing in this last clip of how scary and how dangerous some of these technologies could be so let's play that clip the concept of doppelgangers has found new life in the digital age as technology advances, the creation and use of digital doppelgangers, virtual representations of ourselves, have become more prevalent and sophisticated. Virtual avatars, which are digital representations of individuals in online spaces, can be considered a form of digital doppelgangers. These avatars allow users to interact with others in various virtual environments, such as video games, social media platforms, and virtual reality experiences. As virtual reality becomes more immersive and widespread, the line between our real selves and our digital doppelgangers may continue to blur. Deepfakes are another manifestation of digital doppelgangers. These are digitally manipulated videos or images that use artificial intelligence to replace a person's face with that of someone else. While deepfakes have been used for entertainment purposes, such as inserting actors into classic movies, they have also raised concerns about the potential for misuse. One particularly troubling aspect of deepfakes is their use in adult videos. The technology first gained notoriety when an anonymous Reddit user released a collection of videos featuring the faces of female celebrities superimposed onto adult content. This use of deepfake technology sparked a wave of concern as it demonstrated the potential for deepfakes to be weaponized to defame, harass, and violate the privacy of individuals. Deepfakes can be used to create convincing but false videos of public figures, causing confusion and misinformation. This has been demonstrated in cases such as the deepfake video of Barack Obama created by comedian Jordan Peele, which warned viewers about the dangers of deepfakes while simultaneously showcasing their realistic nature. We're entering an era in which our enemies can make it look like anyone is saying anything at any point in time, even if they would never say those things. Now, you see, I would never say these things, at least not in a public address, but someone else would. Someone, like Jordan Peele. This is a dangerous time. Moving forward, we need to be more vigilant with what we trust from the internet. It's a time when we need to rely on trusted news sources. May sound basic, but how we move forward in the age of information is going to be the difference between whether we survive or whether we become some kind of dystopian. Even more concerning are instances where deepfakes have been used by state actors to further their political agendas. For instance, Russian pranksters used a deepfake to impersonate Putin critic Leonard Volkov in conversations with European Parliament members. In another example, Russia attempted to use a deepfake video of Ukrainian President Zelensky to encourage Ukrainian troops to surrender during a conflict. I'm forced to 
початку я вирішив повернути Донбас. As deepfake technology continues to improve, the potential for these videos to cause widespread panic and instability increases. The ethics and regulation of deepfake technology have, therefore, become increasingly important. Now, I remember the first time we talked about deepfakes on the show, and I said it's very dangerous because of this exact thing. I mean, they can make it look like anybody, and you guys know that I'm a big true crime fan, and they, they can literally frame you for a crime. And I think it's going to be more powerful than DNA evidence. That's my personal belief, because they can literally put you there. They can say, oh, you were there, even if you weren't there. You know, like at a big event like uh, uh, J uh, J6, like they can put you there. Is that not a frightening thought to think? Like they could, they could put us there, man. Yeah, all the more reason that they're leading us into digital identity, uh, a way to verify that we are who we are, where we are, what we say, what we do, what we spend, what we buy. It, it's pretty much setting up all these scare panels to funnel the cattle into the slaughterhouse, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, that's all I got for, for the AI part. Opa, do you have any thoughts about it? What do you think about it? I think if I met my doppelganger, I would go into the movies. <laughs> all right. Now, uh, Jake, I know we were talking about before we got or before we started the show about Back to the Future, which is one of my favorite movies. We talked kind of about time travel, so I guess it kind of has to do with what we were talking about about, you know, like deep fakes and stuff. But did you know that there is a flat earth map in Back to the Future? What? I did not know that. Well, I'm going to show you that right now. So let's play that clip. Tell me if you spot it. You're about to see my cool clock too. There he is. Hey, nice. <laughs> Cameo. Did you, so did you know it was from Back to the Future? Is that why you no. have that clock? Uh, probably. That's probably why I have it. I, I've seen it before, but I'm such a hardcore Back to the Future fan. I mean, you've, you've seen my, my shoes. My light-up shoes. Oh, yeah. I just think it's the most perfect time travel movie ever. Okay. Keep your eye out for it. The Senate is expected to vote on this today. In other news, officials at the Pacific Nuclear Research Facility have denied the rumor that a case of missing plutonium was in fact stolen from their So this is at the beginning of the movie. The very, very beginning. Now 
Do you see it? Oh. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I'm gonna circle it. For those of y'all who don't see it, it's right here. Is that not kind of mind-blowing? And, of course, it's in Doc's yep. workshop, right? Yep, and I, I found that accidentally. Like, I had never... I've, I've seen Back to the Future a thousand times, and uh, Lindsay, my girlfriend, had never, ever seen any of them. So I was like, you have to watch it. I mean, it's the best movie of all time. It's the best... Uh, in my opinion, it's the best trilogy or, you know, series of movies of all time. And so when we were watching it, I was just looking at all the clocks because, you know, I got little Studio Charlie right here. And uh, yeah, and I was like, oh, my gosh, pause it, pause it. And then we paused it. And then I was like, rewind, rewind it. <laughs> so we re rewounded it. And I was like, that's that's a flat earth map. And uh, yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah. Man, I wonder I why that was put there. That. Why was that put there? You know, somebody had to put it there. I mean, they already portray Doc as a crazy, you know, kooky, crazy guy, but he is also a hyper genius. And so maybe that's the, the reality that even today, flat earthers are more aware of the realm we live in than people that blindly buy into the lies of scientism. But we're also, you know, the kooky you know, time travel and scientist, you know, like yeah. um, it, it's. It's, it's a funny find, man. I, I can't believe it was in there. I know. I, I identify as a Doc Brown kind of guy. Kind of, you know, my brain's everywhere and thinking about the different things at different times. And and he's actually my favorite character of the movie. And um, he kind of reminds me of Opa because Opa is, like, brilliant. Opa, what do you think yeah. about that? I think that Doc Brown's uh, on to something. <laughs> All the way back in 1985. Um so yeah so then that's what i got for back to the future and it blew my mind i don't know if it's been on youtube i i have no idea but if it if it isn't there you go and so yeah now i got a, a funny clip for you guys who have cats the uh, the next two clips are just kind of fun so <laughs> just check this out i can't i can't really i can't really explain it but check this out Oh, well, that's that's my my baby Charlie. Up, wake up, snap my cat out of at it, four snap out of it. You have been under what? cult brainwashing. Come <laughs> out of it. <gasps> <laughs> that is so true, Charlie. That's what he does in the middle of the night. Snap out of it. Snap out of it. <laughs> All right. So when I say uh, this is the next little topic. Now, and this is my final clip. So when I when I say the dance moonwalk, who do you think of? Just Jackson, of course. Of course. What if I told you that Michael Jackson was not the first person to moonwalk? Oh, uh, I would say he definitely portrayed himself as the guy who came up with it. So who did it? Well, he was actually at one time Michael Jackson's father-in-law. He was uh, he Michael Jackson when he was married to Lisa Marie Presley. Elvis Presley was technically his father-in-law. So Elvis Presley invented the moonwalk, and I'm about to show you. So check this out. Yeah, watch it. 
about to do right there. And then got another one. Now watch this one. This is my favorite. More of a side moonwalk, but yeah, I think that's yeah. a lot better than the moonwalk, right? That first one was definitely, but I don't know. What do you think? That yeah, I mean, you can definitely tell he took some inspiration from the moves of Elvis. I know he, uh, Michael Jackson, did steal the moonwalk from somebody. I, I can't think of who. I know he stole a lot of his moves from uh, James Brown, but I don't know about the moonwalk. Oh yeah. I'll have to do it in, in maybe the next episode, but that's all I got for history. I hope you guys enjoyed. Now, before we move on, I'd like to share our newest partnership with Next Wave Probiotics, so check out this clip. Next Wave Probiotics is an all-natural liquid probiotic made right here in the DFW Metroplex. Take one to three ounces daily to support your microbiome and immune system. Try it the next time you have heartburn. Drinking five ounces can relieve heartburn symptoms in 15 to 20 minutes. Order directly from Next Wave Probiotics. Their website is nextwaveprobiotics.com and enter code SKIBA at checkout for $5 off every 32 ounce bottle you buy. Now I wouldn't sell you guys a product that I didn't personally believe in. Both me and my mom have both tried it. My mom, it only took about 15 minutes to get rid of her stomach ache and about 10 minutes for mine. So get yourself some Next Wave Probiotics today at nextwaveprobiotics.com. Now I did just notice there's a typo in that. If I send it to you, can you just put it in there? Oh, a new a new ad? Yeah. I'm just going to update the probiotics thing. Yeah, no problem. Okay, cool. So thank you, Next Wave Probiotics. Uh, now you got some memes for me, Jake? I got some funny ones, man. All right, I'm looking forward to it. Meme me up. Alright guys, so for memes this week, check this out. <laughs> the best part of the song. Woohoo! <laughs> GPS voice. Man, that's the worst. Turn on... <laughs> it's so loud, like you're like jamming it. Oh man, that happens so left. often to me. <laughs> turn me left. Turn left. Oh man. Alright, uh, this is prehistoric Googling. Opa, you probably remember going to the library and using those index cards to find oh, research. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Prehistoric Googling. <laughs> cool. All right. Uh, the first ever photograph of a newly hatched electrician with the eggshell still on top of his head. Look, so cute. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a huge nest, dude. Look at that thing. That is, was that for an eagle or something? That's huge. I must be. Some or a pterodactyl. Concord or something. Yeah. Or a pterodactyl. Yeah. Uh, homeschooling science lesson went really well this week. <laughs> Next week, marketing and distribution. If you can't tell, it's, it's a, uh, a, distil a distiller. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I'm sorry, Jack. There's not enough room. <laughs> I have to save the dogs. I love you, Rose. It's oh, a horror man. movie for men. That's what I call it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, dog lover over man lover. Okay, so uh, it's a good reminder. Uh, my wife lets me know this. Uh, I, I uh, She didn't send this to me, but it reminds me of her. 
Uh, a good relationship is when she is by your side during bad times to tell you that none of this would have happened if you just listened to her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Pretty true. You can't unsee shaven Chewbacca. <laughs> I wish I could unsee that. Ooh. Dude, he's so freaky looking. Yeah. Oh, man. Alrighty, uh... Vacuum going, baby sleeps. Car horn, baby sleeps. Phone rings, baby sleeps. Mom's eyes close. Uh, mom closes her eyes. Boing, I'm awake. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's it's a it's a trial to keep your babies in check. Uh, they definitely do that. All right, uh, the day and night would, uh, um, <clears throat> the day and night world map debunks the globe. As you can see, the entire United States, Australia, China, and almost all of Russia, and the entire Pacific Ocean are fully illuminated. But look at on it on a on a globe, and look at it on a flat Earth map. You can see that the illumination is different. Really hmm. interesting, man. Yeah. Really interesting. So, on that same topic, we have here the NASA advisor Frederick Ordway, the NASA. NASA astronaut Dick Slayton uh, walking all side by side with sci-fi author C. C. Clark, uh, movie director Stanley Kubrick, and of course uh, senior administrator of the Apollo project George Mueller. Uh, so it just really goes to show an interesting connection here with these people and uh, you know NASA and the moon landing. They're all hanging out. These are all buddies. So yep. people question, oh, could they have faked the moon landing? Absolutely. Well, then why, is, why is the movie director, Stanley Kubrick, chilling with the NASA advisor and the astronaut and the sci-fi author, and they're all walking side by side with the senior administrator to the Apollo project? Yeah, right? one of the I best mean, movie directors of all time, too. I mean, he did 2001 A Space Odyssey, and it it looked yeah. better than the, than the actual quote-unquote moon footage, you know? <laughs> It's really, really eye-opening just to see, like, looking back, it's crazy to believe that it was so sold as a solid to our people. And then, I mean, guys like your dad uncovered that there were many inconsistencies in the narrative. Mm -hmm. All right, so uh, how many times did this happen before they had to put a sign up? <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> like a a cow if you look closely it's a cow falling off of a cliff onto a yeah. car <laughs> um uh dollar bill printed before 9-11 shows the 9-11 event very very interesting i've I, had people i remember that yeah yeah when i was a kid we used to do that because it was just so strange you know uh our buddy chris showed me something really interesting do you have the 20 dollar bill uh, this is the front side of it and then pull up a photo uh, I, of Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, yeah. The indentions. Bill? Yeah, the indentions on the face, it looks exactly like Epstein. And and it freaked me yeah. out a little bit, like to where for the next couple of days what? I was like, oh my gosh, this is the same person. And if they're not the same, if it, it, they got to be related or something. It is insane. That's crazy. I've, I've heard of ones like you can see the little owl in the background. You can fold it in to look like an alien head, but I've never heard that dollar trick. I'll have to send you a photo. I'll, I'll show it next week on Skiba News Nation. It's crazy. 
All right, uh, show a per <laughs> saw a person in our shower today. Gross. <laughs> yeah. I would scream. Like, lately, man, we've had some huge spiders at our house. It's it's pretty crazy. Like, it's like fighting an ongoing war with the insectoids, like in uh, uh, Troopers, the uh, the sci-fi movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And final meme of the week. Uh, just speed up a bit. You got this. Just a little bump in the road, right? It's <laughs> like fun. It's like Dukes of Hazard. Yeah. Just all right, that's all the memes for this week, Jeremiah. Jake, thank you for another great current news as always, and memes as always. Oh, but thank you for another great Opus Corner. I hope you guys enjoy the history in today's episode. Never quit fighting. Let no man deceive you. Thank you for standing alongside us as we fight for justice as we continue this quest for truth. Subscribe and stay tuned. If you would like to submit a story, topic, or have any other inquiries, please email submit at skibanewsnation.com. Also, you can email Jeremiah Skiba personally at jeremiah at skibanewsnation.com. Also, email Jake personally at jake at skibanewsnation.com. If you want to write us a letter, send us something, help support us, or just say hi, please send your letter to Jeremiah Skiba, P.O. Box 560-271, The Colony, Texas 75056. If you write us a letter, I'll do my best to write you back. Hey, Skiba News Nation family, thank you for watching. Please like, share, subscribe, and click that notification bell so you never miss an episode of Skiba News Nation. If you want to help support us, please consider becoming a Patreon, where you will get exclusive content, shoutouts, and much more. You can also support our channel by getting yourself some new Skiba News Nation merch. Thank you for coming on this journey with us as we continue to stay on the quest for truth. Huge shout out to all our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for your support. We couldn't do this show without you. If you want to help support us, go to patreon.com forward slash Skiba News Nation. Also, you can listen to Skiba News Nation podcasts on your favorite podcast platform.